0: Hey, it's Chell.
1: And Josh. And welcome Welcome to to the Unstuck Unstuck Institute.
0: Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business?
1: The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself.
0: Today, we have an interview podcast, Marketing to Millennials, with my bestie, Ashley Kervabon Stoyanov. So let's learn a little bit about what makes her qualified to do this. So she's a small business and startup consultant, the founder of Women Crush Music. She previously worked on the community marketing team for tech companies like Yelp, and currently works on the community marketing team for an online career community for women called The Fairy God Boss. She managed and grew the comments, the only co-working space on the Upper East Side. Ho, oh, ho, ho. So bougie. I'm going to welcome Ashley.
2: Say hi. Hi, everyone. Um, Unstuckers, it's so great to be e- meeting you. Is that is that what you call it when you meet someone via podcast
0: interview? Pretty
1: sure.
2: I think so. I think so. If not, that's what I'm coining it now. <laughs>
0: hello dog.
2: (laughs) My dog Henry says hello. (laughs) He might say hello again at some point.
0: (laughs) Ash, tell us a little bit about how you've gotten into all of these different spaces and how your career has blossomed over the past couple of years.
2: Sure, definitely. So I think the starting point to all of this is that my passions has always been in meeting people just like networking and, and helping people and um, my first part of my working life was always in hospitality so I started in restaurants very very young doing coat check and hostessing and waitressing and bartending and all of that fun stuff that you do when you are a struggling musician in New York City. And through that, I kind of learned that I'm quite charming with people, <laughs> believe it or not. And that sugarcoat it. All- why don't you? <laughs> yeah, you got to be honest <laughs> with the people. So um, no, but really that that helped me learn that I I adapted well and that I could communicate well with different types of per- personalities. And so I always knew that what I would end up doing would always be people related. I'm a people person. And that ultimately, you know, my love of food and my love of just, like, networking um, led me to a part-time job with Yelp when I moved to Portland in 2015. And that same year, I also kind of started organizing events around Portland having to do with music because I'm also a singer-songwriter. And that all led me to start a nonprofit organization that people now know as Woman Crush Music. This really started as nothing, (laughs) Um, really just started as an event once a month in Portland. I was curating the showcases with four artists a month, just women, because I wanted to make friends in this new city that I was in. And in less than six months, it became a huge thing in four cities, five cities. And then eventually we hit 16 cities all within a year of launching. And we were reaching... Tens of thousands of music lovers and women artists online and offline. And I went from being no one's boss to <laughs> boss of 30 plus volunteers across North America, all remote, all unpaid. And we were we're still doing the damn thing, you know? Like we and it being a founder, um, because it was so accidental and it grew into something that I could have never imagined, it kind of forced me to further a lot of skills and learn a lot of new skills um, in community building and just like there are things that business founders have to worry about um, that I would have never imagined that I would ever have to know. And that kind of just led me down this path of um, being a founder, being a business leader and helping other business leaders. And my college degree is in PR and marketing. So I started with that and just kind of took it from there.
1: So, so 16 cities within the first year for women crush music. That's awesome. How did the how did the word spread so fast?
2: That is the magic of the internet, my friend. Um it really <laughs> it really just took off on its own. I mean, yeah, I think about it like this. I had this idea that I wanted to start a community somehow of other women songwriters. And I felt that way because I I needed it. And in my new city, I knew nothing about it. But after the first couple of showcases, um, I realized that other people needed it also. And that's why it grew so quickly in Portland. And once I started, I didn't really spread the word in order to promote. I kind of spread the word in order to get advice. So I started emailing other women in music groups and facebook groups that i knew of like hey like i started this thing in my city how can i grow it um i want it to be you know more than a community i want to help educate and help advance the careers of these women that i'm connecting with and instead of getting advice i started getting well we need this in our city and we need this in our city and i was just like oh my gosh like i'm not the only one that needs this clearly like everyone everything not everyone but you know like a lot of women across the country in the music industry also need this community of like you know women who are performing together and wanting to find the same collaborators and work with the same people that they trust and you know find resources together on how to advance their careers like there are so many other women across the country and in Canada and you know, soon, hopefully, Latin America—it's happening. <laughs> I know it will happen soon, but you know, I, it's just when there's a need, and like, it will, it will spread. It will spread. The internet definitely helps, but it will spread.
0: I think finding that need is the key to all businesses, though, whether it's a nonprofit that you end up funding from that or a for-profit finding the need, being able to fill that need, maybe not on such a grand scale in 16 plus cities, but... I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the root of it all. So that's I think that's fantastic. Did you feel at that point that you were marketing solely to millennials or did that kind of come about organically almost?
2: Um, I think because the way I was approaching people, because to run other cities, you know, we were getting chapter leaders, which is what we call the volunteers that are leading these events in the other cities. The way I was approaching them was through social media, media was through Facebook. Um, yeah, we are, I want to say our audience is probably like 60 to 70% millennials, um, which is something that we're talking about currently, um, about changing, but you know, for now it's, it's been that way. And I think it's because of the way that we, we spread it.
0: So Ashley, I, I still don't get it. What makes you qualified to talk about marketing to millennials?
2: I was able to build an online community of over 10,000 people in less than a year.
1: Boom. Mic drop.
2: But also, I'm a millennial. And because I studied media in school, like what they, what they, it's funny because we were just talking about like what we learned in college earlier today. And what they made us do in our media classes is we would watch a commercial, we would watch a movie or TV show and analyze it and see like how we could relate to it. And because I, learned that in school whenever I watch an ad that I like or something like that I always think about things like that like oh what made their marketing so appealing to me how can I bring that into what I'm offering people right now or the businesses that I'm working with how can I you know make that relate to me and what I'm trying to do right now so um I think that's kind of how I go about life. And I don't do it on purpose. (laughs) It just kind of happens now. And I think that's important to do if you're starting a business and you are selling services or products really is really just like, think about who you want to cater to. And if it's millennials, there's, there's a lot to go on. um, Because millennials are everywhere all the time because of the internet and how much time they spend on socials and Going through email and newsletters and whatever it is, like they're they're everywhere. So you have all this access to them. You just have to know what to do with it.
1: So what do we do with it? <laughs> Natural follow-up question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things that come first. Um, and I think knowing your audience, like there's there's a lot. Um, within the millennial frame. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> um, Nina is a chef and dietitian, and we've been working together on kind of like honing in on her mission and who she wants to cater to. And she's, decided and I think very smartly, so um, that she wants to cater to families and like helping them live a healthier lifestyle that's sustainable while also creating more room uh, for them to spend for, to with their families. Um, and I think that that targets probably a little bit of the older millennials, but I think about it like this if I um, was in my current situation working on multiple projects and also had a kid or even now that I don't have kids and it's just me and my husband, like I would a hundred percent need someone like Chell who knows like how busy I am, what times of day I'm free, um, makes meals that are catered to me and like dietary restrictions and, um, you know, things that we like and what we don't like and just like portion sizes and stuff like that. And when Chell and I were figuring out kind of like how to phrase all that stuff and what value she really brings to the table versus all of these um, other meal prep things that you can order to your house, like uh, HelloFresh and Purple Carrot and all this stuff. Like I did HelloFresh for a while. And I chose the vegetarian plan because I'm not a huge meat eater anymore. The vegetarian plan was always like a lot of starches and carby full things. And um, for someone who doesn't want to eat all of that, it was really a very limited menu. And so I told Chell, you have to think about it like that. Like that is the value that working with someone specialized and that will cater to you over ordering these things that you can get delivered to your home and while working with a real person might be more expensive it's more worth it because if you're just getting these things that you don't want to eat anyway you're just like ugh, pasta again (laughs) or like ugh, flatbreads again like you know it's just it's not worth your money it's not and so I think that you know knowing all of this information um Chell was able to put together a solid mission and really hone in on what she can do and what value she can bring. And once you know what value you can bring, um, is really getting that out there in multiple forms, like social media and newsletters. And I think we can talk about social media for a little bit. Um, just out of curiosity, do either of you spend more time on Facebook or Instagram?
0: Insta. Instagram. Instagram. And why is that? Quick, it's easy, it's convenient.
1: Actually, I'm, I'm gonna amend my answer. I just realized like I, I am on Facebook quite a bit, but not the way I used to be on Facebook. I'm only in specific Facebook groups for work type things um, and side projects. So I use that for specific communities, but I don't use it for the general feed anymore much. And then Instagram, yeah, clean, simple. Just pictures.
2: Um, the reason I asked you that is because um, Chell's answer really just like <laughs> made it so easy. Like she was just like, "All right, it's easy, it's simple, it's fast." Like that's that's such a millennial answer. Damn. Like I. Can't- I can't even explain to you. Like, that's what millennials want. They want. They want fast. They want simple. Like, they don't want to read too much. Like, you have to do on Facebook. I know now people are writing like blog articles under their pictures on Instagram. But like, honestly, I don't read them. Do you? I, I don't. don't. <laughs> that's not what I go to Instagram for. I sub- I am probably one of the fewer millennials that subscribes to Medium. But like, that's because I'm writing on there. But, like, you know, that's what I have medium for. That's not why I'm on Instagram. And so when you take the social media part of it, like, you have to think. And when you're building your your brand and your products, you have to think that that's what millennials want. The reason people like Instagram is because it's simple. And when you're building your brand and your product, you need to think simple. Something with not too many steps. Something that's accessible. Something that relates to them. So I know... The other day, we, uh, you and I were talking about uh, how I love the Daily Harvest commercial because it's, I, Josh, I don't know if you've seen it. Daily Harvest, they're, they're basically like pre-made smoothies um, that come in a really cute cup and you just like dump the smoothie contents into your blender and you like blend it and then you pour it back into the cup and you put the lid on and there's like a hole for a straw Anyway, probably like honestly unnecessary, but I got them because the marketing was great and they got me. (laughs) But the reason I liked it is because the commercial starts with like this, you know, like, pretty like fit girl waking up. She's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm a really busy person in New York City. And every morning I start my day with this daily harvest smoothie. And I love my daily harvest because it's fast. And then she just like puts it in the blender and then she takes it out and she puts it in her cup and she's like, and then I'm ready to go. (laughs) She like takes a straw and she just, and she drinks it. And she's like, oh, that's so good. My thoughts seeing this advertisement is like, oh my gosh, I want that to be me. And I want to just make my smoothie in the mornings and go just like that girl. And the commercial was like maybe, maybe like 20 seconds. I think I saw it on Instagram for the first time. But at the same time, it's relatable. And that's, that's the kind of marketing that's so key. It's like, it's fast, but it, it doesn't really require a whole lot of thinking to understand. It's just like you see yourself in the person in the advertisements and, and that's it. And then you're sold.
0: People always say have an avatar that you're marketing towards. Do you feel like that commercial is a really good representation of that?
2: I would definitely say so. Yeah, I would definitely say so.
0: Other than Facebook and or Instagram, are there any other ways that you recommend getting your message out to people?
2: Yes. Well, I believe that social media is a good way to get your brand in front of people I also believe that because the algorithms are always changing, that it's not how you're likely going to sell things, Um, especially services or, or I mean, products maybe, just because that's a a little bit of a faster process. But, like, for example, um, someone who's signing up to work with a chef or a coach or something like that, they might be more likely to buy something via email because then they have to go and sign up for their coach's newsletter and sign up for a you know, consultation call or something like that. And I don't know about you guys, but I do not like doing that kind of stuff on my phone. Like if I see that, I'm just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll save it on Instagram and get to and remind myself to get to it later. Guess what? It never gets done. (laughs) It never gets to later. But if I'm at home drinking my coffee in the morning, going through my email and I see something in my email from this person, then that's different. And so the segue to that would be, you know, have something on social media where people can sign up to be contacted by you because email is what's going to get them through the door. Email is what's going to get you money, I feel like. And it's been shown, even with music. Like, you think people are buying tour tickets to... I don't know. I was going to say Kelly Clarkson, but yeah, everyone's buying Kelly Clarkson tickets <laughs> right now. But like a smaller artist, do you think they're buying them on their phone because they saw something on Instagram? No, they're buying because they got something in their email with their new single, something for free, and they're like, "Wow, I really like this. I really want to hear more from this person, or see them in concert, or buy their book, or you know, work with them as a coach." Like that's really what's going to get them get more attention to you. Um, And I think it's really important to provide some kind of free thing. I'm going to use the word freemium in this instance. (laughs) Um, Free content that really shows who you are, that brings value to them, that gets them more interested in you. Um, Because like the Daily Harvest commercial, um, even though I was super sold after I saw it, um, I still wanted to dig a little bit deeper to see if it would be worth my time. And so I, I think I signed up for their newsletter. And obviously, like, they throw in, like, coupons and stuff in there. And that's what really sealed the deal for me. It wasn't just seeing the advertisement on Instagram. Um, but if they hadn't done that, maybe I
0: would have never made the purchase. If you had to say, like three like, top three things to put in an email going out to potential clients what would you include? Not like super specific to an industry, but just like, what would you include?
2: That's a really good question. Um, I would say something that only you've done and that only you can do. I know that's very vague, but (laughs) that's the answer. Um, So something that only you can do and only that you're doing something that you've been recognized before so that they see you're legit or something that proves that you're qualified. Um, And then another random tidbit that they
0: might like because they are interested in you. I like your emails, Josh, that you send out. It's just helpful content.
1: Yeah, I try um, in my email blast to uh, just have a, like, like you were saying earlier, like millennials want it easy, simple, fast. So that's I write for me basically. <laughs> and so I just have like a sentence or two at the top. It's like, Hey, it's October. Silly thing about October. Woo. And then I just like article, article, article. Like, did you know that windows seven is in- that's IT business is what I do. So do you know, Windows seven is ending blah, blah, this and that. And I try very hard. Do you know, like there's like a rule. I don't know what the rule is, but there's like a general idea about, um, trying to just give content, give, give, give before you ask for anything. So I try to be like overwhelmingly just sharing information. and Every once in a while I'll mention, hey, I have this program or I do this thing. I have this service. But for the most part, it's just like education, education, education.
2: Right. Because people, especially millennial, millennials, they need to feel like they can trust you. That's what the purpose, I guess maybe I didn't phrase it correctly before, but, like, that's the purpose of the free content because there are so many, you know, chefs in the world. And in my case, there are so many, like, community-building consultants in the world and so many people that, that say they want to help you, but, like, if you can't prove it to them, like, what are you doing? And that helpful content is is what I meant by like something extra, like something that's not related to you. Um, and I think giving a lot of that is good, you know, as long as you're not like killing yourself to get it because that's also like not not a great investment of your time.
1: Yeah, I've, I've personally been learning that I don't really need to spend the time to write a lot of blog articles for my business. I don't think it's particularly helpful when there's everything I'm going to write about for IT is already out there in a blog. So I just find other websites and include it in my um, email blast because it's not like I'm putting them into a funnel in my website or anything. It's just trying to be helpful and this is the thing you might know. Does that make sense to do or would you would you recommend doing one way or the other? I'm, I'm like trying to find that balance between...
2: I, I think you should do both. Do what makes sense for you and your audience. But mm-hmm. the first part yeah. would be for me, if I was doing it, I would say... You know, this is something that I wrote for Forbes. I haven't written anything yet for Forbes, so I'm just saying <laughs> manifesting. <laughs> this is the article that I just posted on Forbes about community building and why community is so important to your career. <laughs> and then the second part of my my email would be, by the way, these are some links for some from some of my favorite female entrepreneurs um, have written about this stuff too. Um, And then that would be the helpful content. Like you can't just send out stuff that other people have written, I feel like, because people will be like, well, this is a great like thread. But how do I know that Josh actually knows what he's talking about? You know, that's why you need like that recognition um, and, you know, proof that you know what you're talking about. But also the helpful content works, too.
1: See, that's why I love having this podcast, because I just get free advice all the time. I currently do a I currently do a a mix and was thinking about why why should I bother? But that makes perfect sense that I should continue to bother to do a mix.
2: (laughs) I mean, I just think about it like this: if I was just getting a newsletter from someone who was just posting or like putting in what other people are writing and be like, well, I could have googled that.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: Like, it's really nice that they put them all in one place for me, but I could
0: have googled it. Right. Do you have a top three takeaway for marketing for millennials? Yes.
2: Nail your niche down to what kind of millennials you're targeting. Keep it simple and don't just use social media. There are plenty of other ways to get information out there and get access to millennials, this podcast being one of them.
1: All right, Ashley, if you could only have one more meal before you died, what would it be?
2: Enchiladas suizas.
1: Top bucket list travel destination?
2: Just one? Bali.
1: Bali? Why Bali?
2: It's all the rage now, man. You know?
1: And what's your favorite hobby that doesn't involve making money?
2: I actually really
0: love cooking. (laughs) Fresh. She wouldn't have said that five years ago. (laughs)
2: She's right. I didn't even know how to scramble an egg five years ago. And then I broke my foot and I taught myself how to cook and I gained a lot of weight. But it's almost all gone now. So we're good, guys.
0: (laughs) Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope our unstuckers find this info valuable. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? They
2: can go to my website, which is ashleykstoyanov.com, and they can email me through there. Actually, for your unstuckers, I have a very special offer. Um, If they shoot me an email so I can add them to my new um, email list that I'm developing, um, I will send them the first chapter of the book that I'm writing, which is going to be called Boss Lady in Training. And that includes a free branding worksheet um, for those of your unstuckers who are building their business or rebranding their business. And afterwards, they will get a 15 to 20 minute phone call
0: from me to go over the branding worksheet. I've read the first chapter, guys. It's full of tons of valuable content.
1: Nice. And if you're wondering how to spell her name, we'll put a link in the show notes.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. That was some awesome information from Ashley. And we are so thankful to have had her on the show to grant us with some awesome wisdom. So here are three major takeaways from the show.
1: Number one, when marketing to millennials, remember easy, fast, simple.
0: Number two, know your audience to help find your niche.
1: Number three, use social media to point people towards your email list. Use your email list to communicate and sell.
0: And that's a wrap on episode 10. We'll be back next week. Website and show notes are at unstuck.institute. www.unstuck.institute. And remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute
1: and hey we're a brand new podcast and you know what helps out brand new podcasts if you've heard it once you'll hear it again reviews in iTunes Woo! for instructions on how to leave a review go to our website unstuck.institute talk to you next week when we'll be talking about Start With Why a book by Simon Sinek
2: This is Betty from the Hellman's Mayonnaise Company, and we're calling to see if you ordered mayonnaise.